Hello and welcome to the Brotherhood Without Matters podcast, the podcast about Game of Thrones by me, Ryan McBride, and uh, this time we're going to be talking about Season 8, Episode 2, and it's a bit of a setter-upper for the rest of the season. It's a bit of a kind of a goodbye episode, a bit of a bit of a bit of a talky. It kind of takes us back to kind of the old political days of Game of Thrones where people are like talking about the throne, what they want politically and kind of forgetting about this White Walker apocalypse that's literally on their doorstep and I don't know how they're managing it. And it's actually, I, th- I think it's only Daenerys that's forgetting about uh, the nightmare on the doorstep. But anyway, we'll get to her in a second. Um, a lot of people thought it was a bit of a boring episode. Um which I disagree with. I think it was really interesting and well-written and it ties up a lot of knots. But also, as they're tying up knots, I feel like that's not a good sign if you're a fan of people not dying in Game of Thrones. So, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. We may be losing more than some next time. But at the same time, there was some lovely reunions like Sansa and Theon. Like That was ridiculously emotional. I did not expect that, but I'll talk about that later. But um, first on the list to talk about is Daenerys and what the hell is going on with her. What happened with breaking the wheel? If anyone even suggests her not getting all of what she wants at any given point, she kind of totally turns and becomes an entirely different person. She's got a bit of a complex now, I think. Having to share power with other people does not seem to be suiting her very well. Um... Like, 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 she immediately weighed up her claim when John revealed his parentage. That was the first thing that came to her mind whenever John was like, I'm actually Aegon Targaryen and I'm your nephew. We've been screwing. What's the deal with that? She was like, Oh, hold on a minute. You've got a better claim than I have. What are you doing? You're a liar. <laughs> and I don't think she was able to deal with that. I don't think the character was able to, like, it's kind of. It flies in the face of everything she has believed her entire life. Which, so I suppose it, um, it it's it's probably the biggest truth that she's the biggest most shocking truth that she's had to face throughout the entire series. Which I suppose is the same for John, which is the same for a lot of people. But anyway, um, and she kind of echoed uh, Robert Baratheon when she was scolding Tyrion. She said, "I'll find me a hand that will." Um, she was saying, you know, to be to be smarter, to make the right decisions. Whereas Robert Baratheon was talking about killing Daenerys Targaryen. Um, so it's interesting that uh, I don't know. I feel like that was a parallel that they drew, um, and I feel like that was kind of them hinting that she might have a similar personality trait as Robert Baratheon and being a bad ruler. She didn't like she didn't like being questioned either in court. She went, well, she she was happy enough at the start whenever Sansa was agreeing with her on everything, but then when other people who knew what they were talking about started chipping in, she didn't seem too impressed because she sees herself as the authority on everything. I don't know. She doesn't seem very good at taking advice, which I suppose is fair enough given that she has received some bad advice in uh, the season past with Tyrion. <laughs> um, but I don't know. She ought to take a bit more advice from other people and um, compromise a bit easier. That's just my thoughts on it, but uh, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, it's been known to happen. And my god, she like, whenever she tried to make that like sister-sister talk with Sansa, 
and then immediately turn on or whatever Sansa suggested, like independence for the North. It was like Viserys, like it was, it was like him. It reminded me of that, of his ability to just turn into a snide prick immediately. I don't know. It's it just I don't think they're writing Daenerys as a, a hero <laughs> so far this season. That's just pretty much uh, what I'm seeing. But I'll get I'll talk more about her later. But just on on Tyrion, um, while Jamie was on trial for most of the episodes, so was Tyrion. It kind of reminded me of one of those old old episodes um, where he was up for a crime he didn't commit. Except this time he kind of was because he was wrong to trust Cersei, um, and Daenerys was ready to boil him alive in his skin um, for trusting for for trusting him for trusting her. Jamie's testimony kind of destroyed him, <laughs> but um, in fairness to Daenerys, no pun intended, she did listen to her counsel on that occasion. She she didn't immediately sack. Um, Tyrion, she listened to Jorah, she listened to Sansa, so Jorah was like, he makes mistakes, but he learns from them, and that's what makes him a good advisor, which I suppose is fair enough, and it's interesting coming from Jorah, because Jorah doesn't like Tyrion at all, um, his old plan to bargain with him, kind of backfired and flew up on his face, but anyway, what can he do, Jorah's come full circle now I guess again he's been going around and around in these full circles and Sansa kind of showed a bit more trust in him, she kind of knows he's a good person, uh, even if he is a bit arrogant towards the episode's end I saw more of uh, the old Tyrion, you know, less brooding over failing and self-doubt and more acceptance and resignation to his fate which I guess is a bit negative but also you know, it, it's nice seeing him back asking for songs and drinking and actually sitting down with the brand for a chat. I mean, no one's done that. No one's done that this entire time. No one's tried to be like, you know what, you you seem to have said that the Night King wants this for this reason. Can you tell me why? And I feel like if if, if they actually went and looked, they'd realise that they're wrong um, a lot. Assumption makes an ass of you and me. His old line then of I thought I died 80 years old with a belly full of wine and a whore's mouth around my cock is like, it just brings you right back um, to Tyrion whenever he was in his golden golden era. <laughs> um, but what, was just going back to Tyrion talking to Bran, what's he going to learn from Bran? What, what's gonna, what important will happen here? Will it, like, will he trigger new info? Because there's, there's been a lot of emphasis on the fallibility of smart people in this on this episode particularly and I think Tyrion might uncover one of Bran's fallibilities because you know it's been it's happened before he he thought John was a bastard even even as Rhaegar's child because he didn't happen to look for the wedding Sam had to supply that information to him so I feel like Tyrion might supply uh, Bran with some good search terms for his Google system because uh, that's pretty much what he is. He's a search engine on wheels. Interesting thing about Tyrion in this episode. He throws out the line, Maybe after I'll die, I'll march down to King's Landing myself and 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 kill her or something like that about Cersei. Which is ominous because he does not need to be foreshadowing his own death at this point in time. Because it's probably likely to happen it would go along with the whole uh Valencar prophecy of you know of her younger brother killing her even though that didn't actually appear in the show 
Um, it was only kind of the other half of it, but the younger, prettier queen, uh, Oustinger. Just on Bran's ability to unlock memories from um, in people, I think I think he's going to have an interesting interaction with Daenerys because Daenerys is going to want to suss out Bran and see just how much Bran's in there and how much he actually knows and see if he's actually telling the truth about John's parentage because I feel like she's going to try and find every excuse and every opportunity to disprove this uh, and I don't think it's going to work. I think she's going to learn something about herself instead of learning something about John. Bran's going to show her... What I think is going to happen is that Bran's going to show her visions from the House of the Undying and tell her she won't be a queen, or at least she shouldn't, because she'll just be queen of the ashes. Um, I feel like that House of the Undying sequence hasn't been like hasn't been referenced enough so far, and I feel like now is the time to drop that truth bomb on her, and Bran's the one to do it. And Bran's message to Jamie was interesting. The things we do for love, dropping that, oh my god. It was like... I absolutely flipped whenever, whenever I heard that because nobody else knew the context of it except Jamie, Bran, and us at home. Like it was ridiculous. It was just him saying, "I know what you did. I remember, but I've got your balls in a vice, and I'm leaving it behind." I should you, but I could, I could turn on you at any given moment. Um, so I thought that was just one of the highlights of the episode for me, anyway. Bran. Bran, another thing, Bran wants to lure the Night King into the gods within the next episode. He's because Bran believes that he's the he's basically number one target for Night King. Once he gets rid of him, he'll get rid of all the memories of the living, and he'll finally have this eternal night or whatever whatever the going theory is that uh, Bran believes. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think Bran is the number one target at the moment. Um. And I think the Night King has uh, uh, an ace up his sleeve. I think he's going to... I don't think we're going to see the Night King in the next episode. I think he's splitting his force. And he's going to... He himself is going to fly down to King's Landing on his dragon and tear the shit out of it. And he is going to send the other half of his force into, into Winterfell. Maybe just wear them down for a while and uh, we're down to the defences and he'll be able to come back up with a whole new uh, bunch of forces for himself that he raised from the dead in the ashes of King's Landing but who knows I think that would definitely help out the Cersei angle because it would just be it would just be crap if everything worked to plan for Cersei if she just managed to sweep up everything at the end I don't I don't think that's gonna I don't think it's gonna work um so I think basically they'll win the battle in Winterfell, Jon Snow and friends, but they will, but they'll have a, a harder time with the war. At least it's not going to go to plan anyway. Secrets of the Citadel. I think that Bran won't actually know the full ambition of the Night King, Night King, until he sees him in person. <clears throat> until he sees him in person. Um, until then, Bran's just assuming things, as I said before about uh, Jon Sand, all the rest of it. But will when Bran does see the Night King in person? if he does see him in person will he pass on the information about the Night King's true ambition 
to someone else, like Theon, if they actually do meet in the next episode, which, you know, they still, they still could. This is kind of an out there theory I was kind of posting. I thought it was my, I thought I was the only person that thought this, thought of this. I thought I was very proud of myself for coming up with a really interesting theory. But then I heard, like, I listened to three, four different podcasts today, and they all said the same thing. And I'm like, what the hell? Is everyone expecting this um, twist, or is it just like, I mean, too deep? Oh well, but anyway, if it is Theon, it would it would definitely spice up his storyline another bit. Even though it is getting progressively spicier as it goes, um, and you can't really talk about Theon in this episode without you know first talking about his his reunion with Sansa. I mean, or his relationship with Sansa in general. He saved her ass from Ramsay, and it was surprisingly emotional. I didn't think it would be quite like I didn't think it would be quite so poignant. Um, and I don't think Daenerys thought it would be quite so poignant either because it kind of took her aback. She, like, on the one hand, she was like, oh, Theon, you're back, so you're going to fight for me now? And then he and then Sansa immediately runs up and hugs him and she's like, bitch, what? <sighs> but um, I feel like that could uh, that could be a, and a, that could be an important scene for Daenerys as well as Theon because it, it might make her stand back and be like you know what this is she's actually more loved and respected than I am and probably will be a better ruler than I am but I'll get to that later um, also I saw a theory about um, about Theon that Maester Lewin told him about a secret exit from Winterfell I think it might have been through the crypts or something like that so that could come into play in the next episode he could save, he could save them all um, he could redeem himself by saving Bran from death for for another time. I think it, was, it might be the third time if he does it again. Um, but I, I think he will either die protecting Bran or lead uh, people out of danger and pull a holder on it. Um, which would be sad, but you know it would be a nice, um, honourable finish for Theon, who's kind of had a, his own ups and downs throughout the series. Finally, onto Sansa. Sansa had a big episode this time, and I well, I feel like she she this season is kind of proving herself to be a really good, sensible leader and standing up for herself and her people. Um, she showed herself to be reasonable and trusting of Brienne whenever Jamie arrived, and she had no reason to trust him at all. Um, she showed herself to be stubborn with Daenerys whenever uh, Daenerys just whenever Daenerys was trying to be friendly with her and all Marjorie like that's what that scene reminded me of whenever whenever um, Daenerys was trying to be friendly with Sansa it just reminded me of Marjorie and Sansa Sansa at this stage smells bullshit like a bloodhound Daenerys <laughs> uh, wasn't too happy whenever Sansa was like oh yeah well we're gonna keep the north anyway so uh, look and yeah the trusting of Tyrion which shows you know I don't know I don't know what that shows shows that she's a good judge of character maybe and um, I don't know I feel like I feel like Sansa is the best fit for rule out of everyone here because she's the only one who's queen she's the only one who's seen she's seen the worst of pretty much all the lords who seek power for the wrong reasons over the last few seasons, like Joffrey, Cersei, Marjorie Tyrell, Robert Baratheon, Ramsay, and Littlefinger. Like, she's suffered at all their hands, um, directly or indirectly, more directly with someone than others, definitely. 
And I think, like, what sets her apart from Daenerys is that she is wanting to do stuff for a better world. She's doing it in her actions all the time, whereas Daenerys is kind of saying it, but not backing it up because she's willing to flip the lid at any given moment. And, um... She's, there's a lot of Daenerys' father in her, and I feel like uh, she's not careful she could go the same way, which brings me to Jamie. I mean, it took a while for us to reach him, but I think this really is Jamie's episode out of everyone. Um, he's the last Lannister to go on trial, even if it's more informal than others. Uh, Tyrion was in trial twice, and Cersei was going through the streets. Um, that reunion with Brienne um, was just amazing. This really is the most, the most developed romantic relationship in the show, other than himself and Cersei. Well, it's 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 definitely less toxic than that one, anyway. Um, I don't know. Things are so fraught, but they still they're still like you can see the, the acting is amazing. There's still a genuine uh, love between them there, or definitely, if not love, uh, definitely uh, a strong mutual respect for one another at this stage. But I think that he pretty much sentenced Brienne to death by giving her uh, her heart's desire by knighting her Sir Brienne of Tarth. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's, that could wrap up Brienne's plot, her becoming what she wanted all of this time. And uh, now she's kind of served her purpose. She's gotten everything she wants and now oh, she can just die in peace. Um, but will she die saving um, Jamie, or will she die saving Winterfell? Will Jamie die saving her? That's another thing that could happen. Uh, but I don't think he's going to die saving her for some reason. I feel like Jamie's purpose is bigger than Brienne of Tarth, which is saying something. Tormund might die protecting Brienne of Tarth. Who knows? He reflected. Jamie reflected on with Tyrion on how different they are since the beginning. I mean. Uh, because there's a lot of parallels going on in season one, obviously, throughout even last episode, this episode two, of him being the golden lion and Tyrion being the golden dwarf. Not the golden dwarf. <laughs> Not the golden dwarf. The horn drinking fucking dwarf. Um, but no, I think I think Jamie is a big part to play, and I don't think it's going to be protecting Brienne. But what is it? That's that's what I'm wondering. What's will it? Will he have to talk to Bran again? God for God forgive him. Um, I don't know Bran asks him how do you know there's going to be an afterwards and I think that might say as much about Bran as it does about Jamie because I feel like if Bran dies maybe he just won't see that far into the future who knows um, however I do think that Bran will outlive him because I think he's already seen the big thing that Jamie does hence waiting out all night for him sets up a meeting for him all the rest of this um, forgives him immediately make sure he doesn't die by saying you push me out the window what the hell do you do that for um, but I don't know he sees a big role for the Kingslayer and it was just there's not much comic relief at this point uh, in the story but Tormund Brienne and Jamie is just the most bizarre and gas love triangle ever <laughs> it just reminded me of Tormund just reminded me of Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with his uh, with his fight milk or something like that suckling from the tip of a of a, of a giant uh, it just fits in so many ways power of the crew and all the rest of this uh, Tormund no I don't know how he's going to end up he's probably going to die somehow I don't know who he's going to try and save. I don't know how heroic it's going to be. It's got to be something 
something big if he came back from the wall after sending him out there he's definitely less disposable than um, that red priest whatever the fuck his name was Thoris of Mir and also a lovely thing that happened was uh, both halves of ice are finally reunited in Winterfell for the first time since Ned Stark went south uh, of course that's Jamie's sword and um, what is it Widow's Whale and Brienne's sword um, Oathkeeper they're they're finally together once more yeah. which I think is just a nice symbolic thing things are starting to go back to the way they're supposed to be and Arya as well just a segue there <laughs> Arya is going back to the way she's supposed to be as well um, although sex never goes unpunished in Game of Thrones because as the line goes love is the death of duty it's not really the case in this but sex always ends up with someone dying like you look at Missandei and and uh, and Grey Worm, Grey Worm is going to die. He's making holiday plans afterwards. You need to get your head in the game, mate. You have got to just you know, focus on the job at hand, not making, not thinking about your holidays and tormelinos. Um, I think Gendry will die at this point. I don't think Arya is going to die. She's not like her role wasn't to ride Gendry. Like she's got to do something. I think um, Gendry. I think Gendry has already done what he has been supposed to do and I don't think as blacksmith and I think he has passed on the Baratheon line to Arya I think Arya might actually be a mother by the, the uh, by the epilogue in a way for sure and she's slowly becoming more more herself as you know they showed that by you know putting in mirroring shots of watching Gendry from season 2 and stuff like that it's just I feel it, I feel her becoming more connected to Arya Stark again after so long of being nobody um, it's just so and it was so awkward I don't know there's like Twitter exploded social media in general exploded about um, about their sex scene and people being like oh no that's so weird but like I don't know it's Game of Thrones what do you expect they're not like the firstly they're not related which makes it less weird than literally everything every other sex scene in the last two seasons apart from Masande although that's a bit weird too because he doesn't have a dick but um, I don't know I don't think we should be getting up in arms about it anyway. They're both, they're both grown ass adults. <laughs> Just because we we've known Arya since she was a child. But anyway, Arya got her weapon as well, and I think she's going to fight out um, Darth Maul style next episode with the both ends swinging in all directions. And I think she she's going to survive. I think she has to. And she has to wear a face at some point. She can't have just gone to Bravos to learn all of that faceless man shit and like have it have used it only once on the fucking phrase of all people. Like she's gotta she's gotta have some other purpose for that other than that. Like I don't know. That's it would be very disappointing if she was killed off without using it. And I wonder, you know, does the faceless man magic work on White Walkers? Firstly, will they pick up on it if it happens? And secondly, can she actually wear their faces? That would be interesting to see. That's going to be an interesting thing for the season to come. So, as I said, Grey Worm's probably dead. Pod's probably going to die. Jorah is going to die too. But he's going to die after doing something interesting. Uh, I think Varys lives. And we're going to see what happens with him whenever the R'hllor priests arrive. And I think they're going to arrive next episode or the episode after that. We may already have actually seen one with a little girl with a scar on her face. Um, because who was around whenever Davos knew Shireen? Melisandre. And she can glamour herself to look however she wants. 
And I, I, I don't know. I thought that was such a nice scene, though. And I would be, I would kind of ruin it if I knew it was a four hundred year old wizard. But you know, we can't always get what we want in life. There's nothing wholesome in Game of Thrones, and if it is, it's burned at the stake. Davos, uh, just talking about Davos, he's probably going to die. But I'm skeptical. I mean, his last act can't be serving soup and fucking uh, Winterfell. Like I feel like he has a bigger role to play than that. Um. Although you wouldn't know the show because he is kind of second tier and uh, he wasn't actually supposed to be that big. He was kind of written in as opposed to anything else. Sam it could be on the out. He was videoed like in the season three preview, or not season three, on the episode three preview, he was videoed out in the front line. So I hope he doesn't die, but I don't know. I feel like Tyrion started taking a more proactive role in sharpening his mind. And I think... Uh, I mean, I think Sam does have one more secret to unearth, but, you know, Tyrion can perfectly fill that role for him. So I'm kind of worried about Sam and uh, little Sam and Gilly as well. Uh, just back to my theory on King's Landing. I do think we were going to see King's Landing, uh, and I think Bronn's going to be, like, on his way to Winterfell, see Night King, turn back and try and warn Cersei, and Cersei's going to be like, bullshit, go to the dungeon. And Bronn's going to try and fight his way up and end up dying or something like that. Um... Uh, that's the way I see it panning out. That's just that's just a that's just a theory I have. I don't know. If you disagree with me, you can tweet me at Brotherhood Pod or argue with me on Instagram or whatever you want to do. Jon Snow, Jon Snow, Jon Snow. I've I'm nearly reached the end of my list, and I'm at Jon Snow. Uh, I honestly have no idea about what's what's going to happen for him in the next episode. I feel like he's going to live, and I feel like he's I feel like he's got to be the one to kill the Night King. So I feel like he's going to live. And I feel like he's going to abdicate the throne at some point. Uh, if he if he does have to if he does have to be awarded, he's gonna he's gonna leave it. Um, he'll probably get like distracted by something during the battle and arrive too late to save either Bran or Theon. He'll probably he'll probably save one of them, but not both. And uh, if he dies, if, if Jon Snow dies, Beric may bring him back. And that could be Beric's. That could be the way Beric Dondarrion dies by uh, taking John back from the dead. The Hound. I feel like he lives because they've kept him alive this long, and they're hardly gonna let us go without uh, Clegane Bowl. <laughs> unless he dies while covering for Beric. Cast when Beric's casting the spell, uh, bringing John back to life. I don't know. There could be. There's a couple scenarios working away in my mind, but I, I haven't decided on which one's my favorite yet. Um, I feel like the crypts a lot of people are talking about the Winterfell crypts and uh, being like why are people hiding vulnerable women and children in uh, in the crypts where there's lots of dead people whenever an army that can raise raise the dead and use them to kill you whenever they're marching on you I don't know I, I see where they're coming from but I don't think they're I don't think I feel like Winterfell has some surprises in store um if they do raise, if they do come back from the dead, I feel like it could be a Benjamin Stark job. But uh, I don't know. I could be, I could be wrong. Maybe nothing will happen. That's kind of what I'm seeing. Or if Melisandre is in the crypts, she could, uh, she could save the lot of them. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? I certainly don't. I think that's me at the end of my list now. Um. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of uh, Brotherhood Without Manners. I hope you enjoy the episode of Game of Thrones. More importantly, I feel like there's going to be like no dialogue for the next 
whatever episodes, four episodes of Game of Thrones, um, final four episodes of Game of Thrones, we're finally approaching the end. This is this could be the bittersweet ending that they were talking about me not having something to watch on TV anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know what? That'll be fine. We'll find something else. We'll watch the prequels. Um, if you want to talk to, uh, if you like this episode, you can uh, you can rate us on iTunes. You can rate us on any of those podcast apps. You can leave us a little review if you like as well. Um, if you want to, if you have any questions for us uh, here at the show, you can leave us a comment on Facebook Brotherhood or that manners podcast. I can't even remember what the ads are. Um, at Brotherhood Pod on Twitter, I remember that one. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We're posting memes up all the time. And Tumblr as well, if you're so inclined. Uh, I know all the nudie stuff's taken off, so it's not as popular as it was. But you know what? Yourself, you know what? You might just like you might just like it for the fan comics and all the rest of it. Liar. And that's me. Chat to you next week.